The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. We have a controversial program ahead of us today, so let me do the right thing here and say that if the current debate on gun control makes your blood boil and brings out the hate in you, I want to encourage you right now to change the dial on your radio. My guest today is the founder of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, formerly known as One Million Moms for Gun Control, Ms. Shannon Watts. She'll be joining us in just a minute. But before Watts comes aboard, I want to say that I have noticed three things which seem to bring out our worst behavior. The presidential election and also any attempt to have a rational discussion about abortion or the Second Amendment. Within minutes, these conversations, they devolve into personal attacks and even threats. And believe me, I know because I've been the recipient of more than my fair share of those threats All because, week after week, I commit the unforgivable crime of providing a national platform for people to explain their point of view. Apparently, there are some folks who think that the mere act of inviting a guest with whom they disagree gives them the right to threaten and intimidate me. What's even more strange to me is the fact that many listeners are quick to assume that I agree with the position of my guests. So before Watts joins us today, I have something I want to say to those of you who feel very passionate about the Second Amendment. How about being equally passionate about the First Amendment? Stop trying to muzzle and intimidate people who have a different perspective. Whether you agree or disagree with any of our guests, in my opinion, that isn't nearly as important as making sure the mainstream media allows all vantage points to be examined. And when I say all... That means all, some that you agree with and others you may not feel comfortable listening to. You know, my only point is this. When you fan the flames of intolerance, just how long do you think it's going to be before someone tries to silence you over some issue? Part and parcel of free speech is tolerance. So I don't want to hear anything about defending the Constitution of the United States unless you're prepared to defend all of it including the right of our guest today to work towards gun reform. And that's all I'm going to say on this subject. Now, let's get on with the show. Normally, this is where I tell you a little bit about the background of our guests, but we had a hell of a time finding out much about Shannon Watts. And sometimes it's what you can't find that tells you more about a person than what their PR firm puts out for public consumption. So let me tell you what we didn't find. Shannon Watts has no history of activism. 
She has not held public office, and by all accounts, she has shown no aspirations to become a political figure. She has never been in trouble with the law, and she was gainfully employed as a corporate communications expert before becoming a full-time mother. By all accounts, Shannon Watts is your neighbor. The woman who you pass in the grocery aisle at the supermarket, the parent who volunteers for the school field trip. You know, we have a staff of crackerjack researchers here at the Costa Report. And prior to the tragedy at Sandy Hook, Shannon Watts looks a lot like you and me. But the shootings at Columbine started a ball rolling. And following this, the mass murder at the theater in Aurora hit Watts and her 12-year-old son hard. By the time Sandy Hook occurred, Watts could no longer remain silent and wait for the violence to reach her front door. I'm going to let her tell you the rest of the story because this isn't just a story about stepping up to the plate. It's also a story of stepping into the spotlight. It's my great pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report a mother and an advocate, Ms. Shannon Watts. Welcome to the program, Ms. Watts. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you having me on. I think the best way to get the program started today is to tell listeners about how you got started. Sure. You know, you talked about how I'm just the average person you'd see at the grocery store, and that's exactly right. That's what I was doing uh, until the day I turned the news on and saw the horrible massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary. And, you know, what pushed that button for me, what sounded the alarm for me, was that 20 babies, essentially, six- and seven-year-olds, could be shot down some 11 times each in the sanctity of their elementary school. Um, This wasn't about the fact that it was in a suburb like mine. It wasn't about the fact that uh, I could relate just to the mothers. It was about something completely new and beyond the pale. Uh, There were 12 mass shootings in 2012, and every time I saw one, I thought, my God, when will this stop? But when this one happened, um, an alarm went off that cannot be unrung. And... I didn't know what I could do. I went online and I thought, well, surely there must be a Mothers Against Drunk Driving for gun laws. There must be something that moms can get involved in and and help create stronger gun laws. And I couldn't find anything. And I created a Facebook page. It's that simple. And within hours and then days, I had hundreds and thousands of offers of support and help from around the country, money, volunteers, people, mothers who felt so passionately about this issue as I did and knew that something had changed. Um, We had woken up and that we were not ever going to go back. This is not the Connecticut effect that the NRA is looking for. It's the opposite. The Connecticut effect is that there is a new grassroots movement of mothers in this country, and we will not stop until Congress and our state legislatures pass stronger gun laws. Now, as I understand it, this all started uh, when you shared your Facebook post with 175 of your friends, and then suddenly people all across the country were contacting you. That's right. It's the power of social media. And had Mothers Against Drunk Driving been created now, they would have had a lot easier and faster time of, of creating the gun law or the uh, drunk driving laws they were looking at. I just posted a, a Facebook post, and within minutes, friends were sharing it with other friends, and they joined up. And mothers in New York and California were particularly helpful to me in, in offering their support, setting up chapters figuring out how we could organize. And and that's what mothers do. We organize, we cajole, we protect. And it's amazing how much we've gotten done in just three months. Now, how many chapters do you have right now and roughly how many members? 
We have 80,000 members growing exponentially every week. We have 80 chapters across the country, and not just in blue states. We're in red states as well. We have South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, Texas. We're everywhere because we're a nonpartisan organization of moms who want common-sense gun laws. This isn't about banning all guns or changing the Second Amendment. It's about common sense. Well, we're going to talk about your uh, agenda in just a moment. But as I understand it, there are about 4 million members in the NRA. And if I did my math correctly, there have to be at least 80 million mothers in the country. So I guess all you need is to tap maybe five out of every hundred mothers in the United States in order to have a membership equal to the size of the NRA. Do I have that right? That's exactly right. And, you know, a lot of people ask me the question of, well, how can you go up against the NRA? They're so powerful and they have so much money. But women are much more powerful than the NRA. And if we band together and we can see this as a nonpartisan issue, we will absolutely uh, be able to overcome their influence on Congress. You know, a lot of people said the 2012 election would be won by money, and it wasn't. It was won by women who wanted a different future. Well, from a purely statistical standpoint, mobilizing 5% of mothers seems really doable to me, especially with communication vehicles like social media available. I mean, how's the recruitment working so far? It's been amazing. We, as I mentioned, in just three months, we have 80,000 members. That's more than most organizations have, you know, after years of existence. Um, We've tapped into such an emotional issue, and we've done that in a lot of ways, not just by giving people information. We have calls to action. We're showing moms how to be grassroots activists. We are involving them in campaigns that, that involve crafts and touch emotional buttons to help them you know, really identify with this issue. For example, creating paper dolls that represent the eight children that are shot and killed every day in America and presenting those to their legislature and their legislators. And we're going to talk in a few minutes about how people can be part of that program if they can't, you know, don't have the flexibility to protest or maybe they don't have the time in their day. Everybody's overextended and extremely busy and maybe they don't have time in their day to go to chapter meetings or even organize a chapter, but there is something they can do. Now we have to take a short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to find out why mobilizing mothers is only half the job. You're listening to the Costa Report. This Legal Minute is brought to you by Nolan, Hammerley, Etienne, and Haas. Experienced attorneys providing professional legal services to the Central Coast for 85 years. Hello, this is attorney Stephen Wagner with your Legal Minute. Have you ever said to yourself there ought to be a law for that? Well, often there is. In this segment, I will address the issue of social media and hiring practices, and specifically the potential employer's right to snoop around in social media networks to gather information about the potential employee. From the employer's perspective, social networking sites must seem like a treasure trove or petri dish, overflowing with valuable information. The hot-button legal issue that has arisen recently relates to the employer's request, or worse yet, demand for the candidate's password and or username. 
It is this conduct by the employer that has sparked outcry and controversy based on privacy rights, and this has led to legislation and the enactment of laws that now prohibit employers from making such demands or requests. Such is the case in California and several other states. It would now seem that the lid has been placed back on the Petri dish. However, it is important to note that employers still have a right to access all public information. That is, anything the potential or current employee chooses to share, publish, or make public. In other words, these laws do not protect job seekers from their own stupidity or indiscretions that they decide to gloat about by publishing their escapades on the World Wide Web. So it seems that discretion is still the better part of valor. This is Stephen Wagner, and that's your Legal Minute. Brought to you by Nolan, Hammerley, Etienne, and Haas. Selected in 2013 as one of the top law firms in the United States by Martindale Hubble. Attention, hackers. OperationSurf.org needs your support and your foursome. March 25th at Bayonet Black Horse. Bring your foursome to support Operation Surf a program that exposes wounded active-duty military heroes to the healing powers of the ocean through surfing. All proceeds will go towards this week-long event. For more information or to register, go to operationsurf.org. That is an order. Healing. Honoring heroes. That is all. Hi, I'm Andy, the produce manager at Ben Lomond Market. This week we are featuring all your St. Patrick's Day items. Green cabbage, 39 cents a pound. Large red potatoes, 49 cents a pound. Yellow onions, 59 cents a pound. And one pound bag baby peeled carrots, 99 cents each. We also have large pineapples from Mexico, 2.99 each. In organics, we are featuring green cabbage, 99 cents a pound. Bunch carrots, $1.59 each and organic red leaf or green leaf lettuce, 99 cents each. Some new items in our produce department. Kumquats, cactus pears, and cactus leaves. Our weekend special, medium-sized artichokes, 59 cents each. So come, check out our great selection of fresh produce at Ben Lomond Market. Tune in to the Sentinel Radio program Saturday morning at 8 a.m. right here on AM 1080 KSCO. Brought to you by First Church of Christ Scientist Monterey. Come into our Christian Science Community Reading Room and Bookstore and find comfort from the challenges you're facing. We have the resources that will connect you with your God-given substance. Find help now. Our address is 780 Abrego Street in Monterey. Reach out for this help today. Come in and visit or call 831-372-5076. 372-5076. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is the founder of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, Shannon Watts. And before the break, you were telling us that in just three months, 80,000 mothers have mobilized to demand a common sense approach to gun laws. So before we get to some of the other activities the organization is working on, let's talk about the three objectives you hope to accomplish, beginning with the banning assault weapons and magazines, which hold more than 10 rounds. Is there some reason you draw the line at 10 rounds? You know, that, that's what we have right now in, in Senator Feinstein's bill, and that seems like a normal, acceptable amount. And again, this is about common sense. Um, people don't need 100 rounds, uh, but people are saying they do need, you know, more than seven or eight, and, and 10 seems like an acceptable number. How can we come together and have common sense solutions? 10. 
Okay, so now the second objective is to require thorough background checks for all gun and ammunition purchases. Is that right? That's right. You know, right now, 40% of all people do not have a background check when they purchase a gun. And, you know, regardless of of what the people who say uh, that there are background checks, the reality is they are not being implemented at gun shows and online sales and and even person-to-person sales. And so if you took 100 people and you went to the airport and only 60 of them went through security, would you feel safe? Absolutely not. And that's what's happening every day in this country with guns. So what we need, it sounds like, is greater oversight. We already have a requirement for background checks, but and there are some loopholes such as uh, gun shows, uh, but maybe we need to tighten that up and have better oversight. Is that what you're, where you're going? That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't buy a car or, or other kinds of equipment, the deadly equipment, without having some kind of background check, but the NRA has done a great job of loosening those laws and making it so that 40% of all people who buy guns can buy them without a background check. Well, now, I understand that there's been a recent poll that showed 88% of all gun owners and 86% of NRA members are in favor of background checks. So from that standpoint, isn't that some some common ground that you can build on? Absolutely. And the question is, then why isn't this happening? And the answer is because the leadership of the NRA and the gun lobbyists make money off of guns. And they give a lot of money to our legislators to run for election. And that's the problem we have in this country right now. They are so intransigent because they are in the pockets of, of the NRA lobbyists and leadership. But but you've got 86% of the of NRA members saying that they want background checks. So exactly. I don't understand. what Where is it breaking down? You've got the majority of a membership saying, saying they want it. We've got moms across America saying they want it. We've got the American public saying they want it. So where does this break down? It breaks down because the leadership who makes the money, not the members, they're not making any money off of the gun manufacturers. The leadership and the lobbyists are, and they are the ones who are paying our legislators to have the sim- have similar beliefs on guns. And so the that we have to show legislators that whether or not they win re-election is based on moms and women and not the NRA. Well, that's true. You can look at any election polling and talk to any of the polling experts, and they'll tell you that women really do swing an election one way or another. Now, how long of a waiting period are we talking about on a background check? I hear people talking about a two-minute background check. Yeah, right now, it, it, that, that's the problem. I mean, right now it is very random, and we have to have a set universal law, not a law that's state by state. Right now, you know, the states are deciding uh, what those laws look like, and people talk about, for example, Chicago and how they allegedly have the tightest gun laws in America, and yet they have such violence. But that's because you can go right over the border, less than 30 minutes away, to my home state, Indiana, and buy uh, an assault weapon without a background check at all if you buy it in a certain way. And these are the problems when you have state-by-state laws on guns. There needs to be a universal background check that is established by Congress. Now, I've been criticized for suggesting that a longer waiting period would allow applicants who have mental illness or violent tendencies to eventually show these behaviors. And even the most deluded among us can hold it together for two minutes. Uh, but, but, you know, the longer a person has to wait, the more probable it becomes that they'll demonstrate behaviors such as domestic abuse or have to be institu- institutionalized. But people often come back to me with the argument that during that 
time, you know, gangs and criminals, well, they have no waiting period and isn't a long period just punishing law-abiding citizens and creating a situation where they're unable to defend themselves within that waiting period. How, how do you answer those folks? Well, you know, the FBI has said they, that uh, a background check waiting period needs to be at least three days to be thorough. 24 hours is not going to cut it. But listen, anybody can hold it together for three days. That's that's true, and 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 I would agree with you. And I think though, what we have to do is is bring both sides together. If the FBI says three days is adequate, then maybe that's the amount of time we we look at. But I think the bigger issue with with what you're talking about is, why are we so worried about inconveniencing people when they want to buy a deadly weapon? Why is inconvenience an issue? It is inconvenient for me to go to the DMV and register my car, but it is my responsible responsibility as an American citizen who's going to drive a two-ton vehicle. I should have at least that much onus on me when I buy a gun, especially an assault weapon. Well, I've said this more than one time, and but I'm going to say it again. I think the, the uh, enemy of doing the right thing isn't evil. The enemy of good isn't evil. It's inconvenience. As soon as we get inconvenienced, we lower the bar and, and, and we inevitably do the wrong thing. Look, I got to wait three days for a book from Amazon to come in the mail. I mean, what's the big deal? I, I don't understand why. I, 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 I do and I don't. I don't understand why everybody gets so emotional about a waiting period for guns. You're going to get the guns. We're not saying that people can't have their guns. We're just saying that actually, in truth, the more loons that get a hold of guns, the harder it is to defend that Second Amendment. In my view, everybody ought to be looking for a way to make sure that people that have mental illness or no longer wish to live and want to take other people with them, everybody ought to be in favor of doing everything possible to make sure they don't get guns because I think that's the, the, the weakness in the Second Amendment. We live in a country where it is more difficult to go to CDS and buy Sudafed than it is to buy 600 rounds of ammunition online from your computer at home. How can that be? Wrong with that. That is an excellent question, and that is what moms did not understand before Sandy Hook. We didn't know that the assault weapons ban had lapsed. We didn't know that background checks were non-existent for 40% of the population. We didn't realize that it was so easy to get ammunition because we thought we were being protected by our elected officials, and Sandy Hook changed that. We are educated, and we understand that that was not the case. And I understand that you, there is no requirement for a background check at a gun show, and that, which is a pretty big loophole. It's exactly right. It's, it's a horrible loophole. And as I said before, it is as though 40% of all gun owners are, are getting a gun with absolutely no security, no background check, no check of anything in their history to find out whether they should have this gun. And, and, and how that's acceptable when we're so careful at the TSA at the airport, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, uh, there's a lot of things that don't make sense, and this one is is right at the top of the list. Uh, and I've never understood how the the gun show uh, situation, how they worked around it. What what is it that allows them to work around that? Well, you know, when you look at what the NRA does at a federal level, it's nothing compared to what gun, gun lobbyists and the NRA are doing at a state level. Mm-hmm. And not only are they loosening gun laws, they're creating laws that completely make uh, guns proliferate throughout every state in this country. Well, we have to take another break, and when we come back, we'll dive into the third objective Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America is aiming to achieve. You're listening to the Costa Report. 
I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars. Hi, Scott. How you doing? I'm doing well, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So I've got a question for you. What's the first impression a person has when they walk into the Caraccioli tasting room? You know, it's initially always the decor, and then it's one of those things where you sit down and you realize the wine's good too, so it becomes a complete experience. You get to experience not only the uh, great surroundings and the warm environment, but also some great wines for your palate. It's one of my favorite places to go in downtown Carmel. And I hope everyone listening to us today will take a moment to stop in because I think that they would really enjoy the experience that you've created. Well, thank you. And please do. We'd love to have you. We're open seven days a week. It's right on Dolores between Ocean and 7th and Carmel. Thank you for being with us again, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. I've been talking about Sleep Number for a while now and how much I love my bed. My goodness, it's made such a tremendous difference in the way both Celeste and I sleep. My Sleep Number bed is up there around 100. I like it nice and firm. Celeste, 80 or so. What's great about the people at Sleep Number, they're always looking for ways to improve the way we sleep. And they've done it again with a memory foam bed. The all-new Sleep Number memory foam bed is a perfect combination of cool contouring foam and the unique adjustability of the Sleep Number bed. Dual air technology. That's what makes their memory foam bed unique. At the heart of the mattress are two individually adjustable air chambers that allow you to personalize your comfort. It's memory foam redefined. You only get this bed at a Sleep Number store. You can enjoy introductory savings of $400 on the all-new Sleep Number memory foam bed. And right now, during their white sale, you can stock up and save on their exclusive bedding collection. There are 400 Sleep Number stores nationwide, but the one you want is on 41st Avenue in Capitola Mall. Say hello to Carlos, the store manager, and be sure and tell him that Charlie Friedman from the Happy Hour program on KSCO is the one who sent you down. Props Restaurant and Lounge is open now at the Watsonville Airport. That's right, there's a brand new watering hole ready to serve you seven days a week for lunch and dinner, located right at the Watsonville Airport. Easy to reach, and what a wonderful destination it is. Prime rib special every Wednesday night. What a bargain at only $14. Steak, seafood, pasta dishes, a terrific burger, all kinds of wonderful things, plus great appetizers, specialty burgers, there's even a kid's menu and small plates after 5 p.m. Happy hour Monday through Friday, 3 to 6. So visit Props at the airport. You just take the airport boulevard exit off of Highway 1. When you get to Aviation Way, hang a left and you'll find 100 Aviation Way. It's the airport building and in it is Props Restaurant. Go eat Drink and enjoy. Props Restaurant and Lounge is open now at the Watsonville Airport. Tell them Charlie sent you. Have a tea, we're going to do 25 now, 50 now, 75, we're going to do 300, 325, 353, 75, we're going to do 400, 425, 450. Imagine finding an old painting or chair or fishing lure while rummaging through the attic. Is it junk or is it hidden treasure? Hello, I'm Rob Slowinski of Slowinski Auctions and Appraisers in Scotts Valley. Before you throw that item out, you better make certain it's not hidden treasure and the way to do that is to join me at 2 p.m. Saturday afternoon here at KSCO for Hidden Treasures Radio Show. Put that item on the table in front of you and call the show. We'll figure out what that item is, where it came from, what it's worth, give or take. So don't throw that item out. Instead, join me, Rob Slowinski of Slowinski Auction Company, Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. for Hidden Treasures Radio Show. Is it junk? 
or is it hidden treasure? Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is mother and advocate for gun reform, Shannon Watts. And before the break, you were pointing out that it's harder to buy Sudafed at the local drugstore than it is to buy guns and ammunition. And I think that pretty much sums up what you mean by common sense. So moving on to the organization's third objective, uh, I believe that focuses on reporting the sale of large quantities of ammunition to the ATF and banning online sales of ammunition. Perhaps you could speak to that for a moment and exactly who and how would that be monitored well right now it's not monitored at all and in many ways uh, the nra has made the atf completely um, non-working and the atf needs to work we need to be reporting guns and ammunition to the atf and we also should not be selling ammunition online we can't sell guns online we shouldn't be selling ammunition online either So just to review, um, Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America wants to ban assault weapons and magazines that hold more than 10 rounds, require background checks for both gun and ammunition purchases, and report the sale of large quantities of ammunition and ban online sales. Um, So what do you say to folks who feel that this puts some limits on the Second Amendment or point out that we're creating a situation where perpetrators of violence will be better armed than the people who might otherwise be able to stop them? Well, there there already are limits on the Second Amendment. You know, I can't have a nuclear weapon. I can't have a handheld rocket launcher. Um, I can't really even have a machine gun. So we have already put limits on some of the amendments of our Constitution. For the First Amendment, I can't yell fire in a crowded theater. So as a civilized, developed country, we have to decide what is going to protect and keep safe the most precious commodity that we have, and that's our children, and that we have somehow gotten so out of control that we care more about guns than we do about the safety of our children shows that there needs to be a redirect, and clearly that redirect is going to have to come from the women and moms in this country who are charged with the safety of our children, because we've lost sight. Um, We have become uh, so so clouded and jaded by this argument of fear and polarization around the Second Amendment that we're not thinking straight. I think we're afraid of um, of the Constitution. I think we've become fearful that we're going to tamper with it and somehow uh, undo what our founding fathers had in mind for the nation. But in fact, our founding fathers were so wise, they put in a process for amending the Constitution because they didn't expect it to be a document that didn't evolve over time. They fully expected that it would evolve. And I think that when we talk about uh, putting some restrictions in place, um, I I, I think it's what the Founding Fathers were, truly had in mind. Now, I've received a lot of emails uh, about the fact that every family in Sweden is issued a gun and required by the government to go uh, to training on how to handle that gun. And there seems to be no relationship between violence and guns in that country. Uh, the same thing you point out in certain states. So let me ask you this. Is it possible that we're working the wrong end of the problem? Because in each of these cases, Columbine, Aurora, Sandy Hook, and elsewhere, uh, Don't we have a situation where the perpetrators were already suffering from depression and mental illness long before they went looking for a gun? 
the reality is that that yes, we have a violent society, and and there's Hollywood to blame, and video games, and our mental health system, and you can blame all of that. But in other countries where there is a well-regulated militia, you mentioned Sweden, you know, people aren't walking around with assault weapons in an open carry situation. In this country, if you are angry or violent or mentally ill or depressed or whatever your experience is. You, you have such access to weapons that will kill people. And in the situation at Sandy Hook, um, this man uh, was able to murder 26 people in less than five minutes and was able to shoot 150 times. That is, is completely nonsensical. And we can address all of those other issues, but the quick thing to address and the easy thing to address is access to guns. Well, I think everyone can agree being able to fire off 150 rounds is just excessive. Uh, And I know that some people feel that we have a violent society, but I'm not so sure it's a violent society so much as it is a increasingly depressed one. And I worry that we have a different kind of killer on our hands. I mean, throughout history, there have been incidences of murder like this. But for the most part, the offenders still had the will to live intact. Um, They'd try to run and hide and get away. But what we have today are murderers who have lost their will to live. And to me, the fact that on a global basis, the number of suicides is accelerating, particularly amongst young people, this may go to the heart of the violence we're seeing today. I mean, I I understand that separating means from motive will do something to curtail the violence, but it seems to me that when you have young people that are very depressed, no longer have a zest for life, and, uh, and don't care to live anymore, we have something fundamentally going wrong. I, I think that's true, and especially in the case of mass shooters and, and why this, this particular person was able to access an assault weapon uh, is, is beyond comprehension. But, you know, there's also an important need to look at the violence that goes on every day in the urban centers of this country, um, not by uh, mass shooters, um, but, you know, for example, the five-month-old who was shot uh, the other day while her diaper was being changed in Chicago. Um, the proliferation of guns in this country has led to a very very obvious and clear connection to increased amount of murders. And um, every day, eight children in this country are shot and killed. And we have to ask ourselves, why are we allowing this to happen? Why don't people know about the eight children being killed every day by guns in the United States? That's a shocking number. Uh, how has that been kept out of the media? Did we just not aggregate it? Is there uh, a an attempt to suppress that kind of aggregation? You know, it, it is an excellent question. I, it seems like so much of the conversation about guns is so polarized in this country. And everyone is either so far on one side or the other. With, you know, some are for banning all guns and some are for arming every citizen. There has to be common sense that brings us together and looks at the facts and says, how do we decrease this horrific number of eight children shot and killed every day? How can we agree that this is a priority to keep our children safe in a developed country and to move forward with regulations that will do exactly that without changing the Second Amendment, but also, you know, this this idea that Wayne LaPierre has that we're going to put shields over our schools and give our children bulletproof backpacks and arm every citizen and and the bad guys are going to shoot it out with the good guys over our kids' heads. It's just, uh, it's it's incredible to me that that is even a, a consideration 
restoration are a possibility, and I'm telling you, mothers will not allow it. Why are we so polarized? What's your idea about that? I, it, you know, it's it's uh, it's the different media outlets. Um, it's it's the way to motivate and mobilize people seems to have become to scare them and to make them think they're going to lose freedom or lose privileges or lose rights. And um, you know, it it is. So we use fear to motivate. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and in your view, that's what we're doing. We're scaring people into thinking that their Second Amendment rights are threatened or somehow we're coming for all their guns. Well, I can tell you those are the emails I'm getting from the people who do not like what I'm doing, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine you're getting a lot of those. A lot of emails and a lot of calls, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not afraid. And and I get asked that question a lot. I'm not afraid because I believe that this is the right thing to do. And, um, you know, some of these people are bullies and some of them are motivated by profit and money. And in order to do the right thing, it's time for moms to stand up. And it's a, it's a difficult issue to come out in public on, but we have to do it. Mm-hmm. And and how about the mothers that do stand up? Are, are is there a little bit of intimidation to make their feelings known? Oh. Absolutely. We're seeing that everywhere. Um, you know, some of our moms in Texas are afraid to use their last names when they talk to reporters. Uh, it definitely depends on where you live in this country. I had three people, you know, uh, quit before I could hire an administrative assistant here in the state of Indiana because their families were so upset that they would get involved in, in gun control. And people from blue states like California and New York can't even believe that that goes on. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. We have to take our last break, but stay where you are because we're going to find out about intimidation and personal attacks that come part and parcel with trying to tackle a loaded issue like gun control. You're listening to the Costa Report. Are you looking for fresh, creative, and healthy ideas to bring to your table? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, a cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole makes it easy to eat the right foods with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. Whether it's Sunday night family dinner or a lunchtime indulgent with your favorite salad ingredients, let your culinary imagination soar with more than 30 varieties of salad blends that range from sweet and subtle to zesty and bold. For the ultimate in fresh convenience, try Dole's all-inclusive salad kits with farm-fresh lettuces, crunchy vegetables, and all-natural Dole specialty dressings and toppings. To learn more about Dole salads and for inspiring recipe ideas, visit dole.com salads or like Dole Salad Guide on Facebook. With so many delicious and convenient choices, it's easy to find nutritious inspiration with Dole salads. If you're anything like me, you're getting a little worried. Debt, violence, obesity, drug use, and foreign competition are up, and education, employment, and housing are down. Is this just part of a cycle, or are these signs of something more dangerous? In the Watchman's Rattle, I describe the earliest symptoms of collapse. The same symptoms that the Mayans, Khmer, and Romans experienced and why we could be headed down that same path. 
So take a moment to pick up the new paperback at any bookstore or online retailer. That's The Watchman's Rattle. Do it today. If electricity flows through it, you can save a lot of money by doing it yourself with the help of the experts at Santa Cruz Electronics. Hello, Charlie Friedman here. Listen to the things your friends and neighbors are doing for themselves with the help of Santa Cruz Electronics. Xbox 360 repair. Solar energy kits. Musical Tesla coil. Video output for my home media center. Building a new server. Repairing a student radio station. More RAM and a sound card. DSL line. Network printing, scanning, and faxing for dentists. Replacing antivirus on 12 machines. Wireless network for court reporter agency. Diagnosing sound card problem. Building a 5-kilowatt amplifier. Ham radio antenna. If electricity flows through it, you can save a lot of money by doing it yourself with the help of the experts at Santa Cruz Electronics. Voted best electronics store two years running. Call Santa Cruz Electronics today at 831-479-5444 or visit at 2808 SoCal Avenue in Santa Cruz. Do it yourself and save money with the help of Santa Cruz Electronics. Hey, Mom, why is the sky blue? Why don't animals talk? Why do dogs have wet noses? Why is an 11 pronounced 1-T-1? Kids ask a lot of questions. Why do I have a belly button? But you don't have to know every answer. Why is the ocean salty? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Why are there 50 states? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. Why is pizza round? They just need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Hi, Jacoby here, host of Raising the Standards, right here on KFCO Saturdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Tune in and join me, Rachel, my co-host, our buddy Rick, and some of the most interesting folks in the world as we chat and play the best music on the planet. And remember, if at some point during the program you're not offended, well, you're just not listening. Raising the Standards, Saturdays here on KSEO, 3 to 5. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is the founder of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, Shannon Watts. And before the break, we were discussing the fact that it isn't easy to step forward and work for common sense. And you point out that fear is being used to energize the opposition to reform. But but it seems to me that we can find some common ground and perhaps more thorough and longer background checks might be a good place to start since we already have 86% of the NRA in favor of better screening. Would that be a good place to maybe begin building a bridge? I would agree. I, I think that is the right place to build a bridge. I think the, the three things we've talked about today are all common sense. Um, but, you know, what was interesting is we just had more than 200 moms go to D.C. for Moms Take the Hill Day, and we had more than 100 meetings with congressional representatives. And uh, in those meetings where uh, the legislator was more pro-gun, 
um, than gun control, the discussion always went to this idea of a slippery slope. Well, if we do background checks, then all of a sudden you're going to have a, a registry of all of our information that the government will use somehow against us. Or if you take away assault weapons, then you'll take our guns. Or if you regulate ammunition, then we'll be limited to one bullet each. And, you know, these discussions have to be reasonable and common sense. And, and uh, there seems to be this idea that this is the beginning of the end uh, for, for democracy. And it's, it's a ridiculous road to go down. Well, I also want to make sure that people know that uh, recruitment and education is only half the job. Um, you're raising, you know, you talked about this Take the Hill Day that you just had this past week. You're also raising considerable money to make sure that you have the power to affect the upcoming midterm elections. Is that right? That's exactly right. Uh, we are a 501c4 and a 501c3. And, you know, we feel strongly that if, if the things that we're asking for don't get done right now, this session, then we will be back at the midterms. And we will be back at this every single day, not just at a congressional level, but in our state legislatures. If we can get more states like New York uh, to pass something like the New York Safe Act, uh, where they're trying to do similar things in Maryland and Colorado, then we'll go at this from a different angle. We may not get it done at the congressional level, but we'll go at it after the state level. Well, I'll tell you, if people ever needed evidence that this isn't the Connecticut effect, uh, it's the uh, wonderful um, efficiency of your organization and how you're using state-of-the-art internet tools to not only get the word out, but as a communication device and a fundraising device. Now, you've already been supported by a number of very powerful politicians. Tell the listeners today who some of those are. We've had great support from Senator Dianne Feinstein on her assault weapons ban, um, but also from many, many of the moms that, that serve in Congress, including Representative Pelosi and Senator Boxer, uh, all of the senators and representatives from Connecticut, um, where they had this tragedy, many from Colorado. Um, Senator Lautenberg, all of these people who are working very hard um, on common sense gun regulations and have for decades. You know, you look at someone like Representative Carolyn McCarthy, uh, who's a, a supporter of ours and, and came to Congress because of the horrible gun violence that affected her own family. And she said for the first time to see moms get involved in this issue and to galvanize that she's buoyed and heartened. And she really does feel like this is the time we can get something done. But you've also, I, I want to make this point, uh, because I'm going to get a lot of emails about this, you've also been joined by dads. We have. We have. You know, we're, we're modeled after Mothers Against Drunk Driving, but that wasn't just about moms. It was about all human beings who thought that this was an important issue, and we feel the exact same way. We have a dad's chapter. We have a grandmother's chapter. Um, you know, we were so grateful to have so many dads uh, join us the other day in Washington, D.C., and so we realized this takes families, but our message is moms have to stand up now and and take this issue on and be brave and be bold because we are the ones that will get this done. Now, you talked a little bit about your son when the uh, Sandy Hook uh, tragedy took place, how difficult it was to sit down with your son and try to explain what had happened in a way that wouldn't make him fearful but would make him cautious. How's your son doing today? You know, he's doing well, and, and the reason the Sandy Hook tragedy struck us so so strongly was also because my son had his first panic attack after 
finding out about the Batman shootings right before going in to see the Batman movie. And and he was concerned during that movie that someone next to him had a gun, and he actually ended up fleeing the, the movie theater and had a very hard time sleeping and started seeing a psychologist. And so, you know, not everyone in this country is a primary victim of gun violence, but we are all secondary victims of gun violence because we see it so much every day. And so on the heels of him get coming to terms with what had happened in Aurora, then you got hit by the second wave, which was Sandy Hook. That's right. And the the shocking thing about that was, um, and it was it was disheartening, that he, his reaction was, okay, another shooting. And mm-hmm. I think that is becoming the reaction of a lot of kids. They're, they're terrified when they realize that this can happen and that their safety can be breached, but then they become numb to it. So you were worried that he had a panic attack, but then on the other hand, it's a little worrisome when they learn to cope and accept it. That's right. I think, you know, 12 mass shootings in 2000 or 16 mass shootings in 2012, I think we've all become a little numb to it. And and hopefully the Connecticut effect from Sandy Hook is that we will no longer turn our backs when something like this happens. Now, before we run out of time for mothers and fathers who are listening today and they're not able to join you on the Hill in Washington, D.C., but they'd like to play a role in seeing gun reform. Is there a website they can go to to get more information? Absolutely. Please go to momsdemandaction.org. We also have a national Facebook page, and we have a Facebook page for every single chapter that we have right now in the country. Uh, If we don't have a chapter where you live, please reach out to us, and, and you can start one. This is a grassroots movement, and everybody's voice is important. Mm-hmm. And and take a moment to now explain this paper dolls steel resolve campaign because this is very clever and it doesn't take a lot of time and it's something families can do from their own kitchen table. Absolutely, we we have started a campaign and we would like moms and families to make eight paper dolls that represent the eight children who are shot and killed every day in America. And we are presenting these to legislators. We are posting these on Facebook and on Twitter. And we're sending them directly to legislators so that they can see how this is impacting our country in a creative way. So you can sit with your children or get a a group of moms together and cut these paper dolls out. That's right. Now, I'm not very good at cutting paper dolls out. Do you have instructions for that? (laughs) You can go to our website and we walk you through every step of the way. Because I've never really cut paper dolls out. And I I thought, well, that's a clever idea. I don't think I know how to do that. So I may get a craft lesson uh, along with doing something good. And uh, and it's certainly a good way to involve children and neighbors and uh, that kind of thing. Get them all together. You know what? Uh, I'll tell you something. The, be- the fastest way I can get people to my kitchen table to help me with a project is baked goods. Well, maybe that'll be our next one. Don't you think? Yeah, baked goods always will uh, get them there. Now, give us that website again one more time. It's momsdemandaction.org, and our Twitter handle is at momsdemand. Well, that's all the time we have today. But before we let you go, I I do want to thank you for taking time to be with us and also for taking on this very charged and difficult challenge. Thank you, Ms. Watts. Thank you. If your station is leaving us after the first hour, our guest next week claims drones are a blessing because they are much more accurate than warfare based on bombs that kill thousands of innocent civilians. I don't know if they're a blessing or not. You know, she took a lot of heat from her fellow liberals for her pro-drone stance. Eleanor Cliff 
you, the one and only, I should say, Eleanor Cliff will be on hand to explain how a weapon can be a blessing and whether the Obama administration may be bracing for yet another war. Uh, don't miss Eleanor Cliff here next week, right here on your favorite postpartisan news program. And now... Just uh, hang on there. Don't you dare turn your dial. Stay tuned for the second hour of the Costa Report when we take your calls and we find out what's on your mind this week. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars. Now, there's a number of ways you can taste wines at the tasting room. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, we currently have nine different wines on our tasting menu, and we really want it to be an experience where you get to taste the wine that you want to taste. So if you want to taste Pinot, you can really focus your flight around that. If you wanted to focus on the bubbles, we have three different sparklings that will allow you to build your flight that way. Or if you came in and you just wanted to taste one wine, we would uh, have it set up for you to be able to do that as well. Now, what's a flight? A flight is basically a combination of small tastes of different wines. If you wanted to taste all of our different Chardonnays, you could taste the 2007 Chardonnay, the 2008, and the 2009, and we would line you up with an individual taste of each of them. Thank you for being with us again, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. Coast Paper and Supply has been family-owned and operated since 1948. They have a wide array of products available, including brand name and eco-friendly cleaning supplies, paper goods, and compostable plates, cups, and cutlery. Whether your needs are for business or home, Coast Paper and Supply's friendly and reliable staff have what you're looking for. They even accommodate special orders. You can find them at 151 Josephine on River Street in Santa Cruz, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 4.30, or call at 831-423-3350. Coast Paper and Supply is a proud member of Think Local First. Michael Olson's third law of the food chain. Cheap food isn't. They make food cheap by taking the food out of it and by making taxpayers subsidize its costs. Thus, the cheap food they promise is really the expensive food they deliver. To find true value, tune in KSEO Saturday at 9 a.m. as the Food Chain Radio Show tracks down the real deal of food. If you have a comment about the third law of the food chain, tell me, Michael Olson, all about it at MetroFarm.com. Now, see you all on KSEO. Saturday 9 a.m. for some What's Eating What radio on the food chain. What day was that? AM 1080 KSCO Santa Cruz. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.